Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 171 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is, of course, Cam Brennan. His name is, of course, Dave Hogue. And we are, of course, the same people that have hosted this show since the beginning. <laughs> almost six years, yes. <laughs> it is us. For better or worse, we are here yet again. <laughs> How are you, Dave? Uh... I'm all right. And I suppose if anybody is joining us, then they don't feel like we fall into the category of the worst. So, <laughs> Or they're just very kind. <laughs> yeah. That, and that is, that's, that is possible. Very possible. Well, cool. We are here. It is episode 171. We are in the book of Hebrews, which, of course, there are coffee and, and beer knockoffs of that name for obvious reasons <laughs> but we are focused on the book of hebrews in the new testament of the bible and we are going to continue on from where we left off last time uh, which is chapter 2 verse 10 and dave i don't know about you but i say we just jump right into it and get to the good stuff For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sacrifices and those who are sacrificed all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, Behold, I and the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So if we start at the beginning, verse 10, it says, For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. Interesting conclusion to draw. That it was fitting that God would make the founder of our salvation, Jesus, perfect through suffering. It, want, it makes me want to go back to verses 8 and 9 just to read those real quick to kind of get some better context. Uh, now, putting, uh, now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him, for who a little while was made lower than angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, and bringing many sons to glory, uh, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. 
That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. So it's almost as if, you know, Jesus is in his death, you know, becoming more like us in the fact that we die. It's kind of what I'm gathering from from that. That is why he's not ashamed to call them brothers. We all have one source. We all we all, you know, are come from God, right? God created us in his image. Jesus has always existed with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. We all have one source, being God. Yet we are called brothers because of that, because Jesus died. I don't know. I'm really I'm really grasping at straws right now, Dave, and it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> um so I'm going to kind of go on a little bit of a tangent in terms of um, it, it's occurring to me that <coughs> Christians, my upbringing, um, the way we learn about the Bible and Jesus, we, I, I just, I'm having this sense kind of, of not having spent enough time in the book of Hebrews. So, you know, as we read this, I'm like, you know, it, it, as a as a Christian, we uh, well, it's kind of funny. What I'm randomly thinking through my head right now is I was watching the um, Supreme Court justice uh, hearings last week, and there was a senator from Nebraska, and I don't remember his name. But one of the things that he said is, is he said, you know, as Christians, we believe some pretty crazy things. We believe in a virgin birth. You know, we believe in the the Messiah, the crucifixion for our sins. And um, so one, we, we, we bring, we believe some very crazy things. And as we've been reading through these verses in Hebrews 2, I, I have this sense of like the author kind of wanting to construct an argument or um, maybe not an argument, but give a train of thought that kind of goes, this is crazy, but maybe not as crazy as you, as you might think it is. And so um, Jesus is, so I, I guess I have to come back to the, to the, 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 the first part of this is that, you know, Jesus is the creator. You know, he is God. He was there from the beginning and uh, was creator with God. Um, Mm -hmm. And God is now sending Jesus um, in order to, to, to restore our relationship with God. And... I don't, I, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm not doing the same thing. I'm not doing what I was, what was making sense in my head a moment ago. Um, I just feel like there's, there's, there's a, I guess the the best way for me to say this is, is I feel like there's a context in terms of the Jewish people um, who are looking for the Messiah and looking for the Christ. This, this train of thought, this logic should make some sense to them in terms of who Jesus is and what he came to do and his relationship with God, the father and being the eternal creator. And, um, that while there are some crazy things to believe it fits it all, it, all the pieces, 
you know, connect and it's not as random as maybe it may, uh, first appear to the outside. <laughs> Boy, there's a lot of just gobbledygook there. It's okay. We're going to go with it. All right. We can handle gobbledygook. Uh, so that is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell you, or I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. So, okay, Jesus being friendly with us, great. Since, therefore, the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the, de- the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So that's the gospel in two verses. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's sit there for a minute or two. So since therefore the children, his brothers, us, humans, share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, became flesh and blood, right? Was born, like we talked about, the virgin birth, right? Lived a life, grew up, went through puberty, all of that stuff. Sorry, that's the youth pastor in me coming out. I have to mention that to kids. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, no, he didn't. I'm like, yeah, he probably had yeah. acne. yeah. Yeah, he did. You know, he <laughs> probably went through all of the weird things that you go through. Yes. Uh, that through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. So you ever wonder why God took like the long play here? Like Jesus was born lived for what we believe to be about 33 to 35 years and then was crucified. And this happened after God had interacted with humanity for centuries, if not millennia based Mm -hmm. on our, you know, history. Right. Right. Probably, probably more likely, you know, millennia. And he did all of that. And then Jesus was born as a human lived a normal human life. Like why, why the long play? Yes. So the short answer is yes. I have wondered that. Uh, The, the, the concept that hit me recently was, you know, reading the old Testament and uh, I think I'm in first Samuel, but just the idea of like when they died, they died. They didn't go anywhere. And like that argument or that discussion occurs quite a bit in the Old Testament. And that is just such a crazy concept to me. (laughs) Being a Christian that lives lives in the year 2020. So you're saying like the finality of death is an odd concept for you? Yeah, like they they were truly, death was death and there was not really a hope of resurrection. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was not like this afterlife, like what you had here was all you, was all you got. And then in conjunction with that, King David in particular still had this incredible desire to glorify God, even though at that particular time, his destiny was the same as anybody else. Mm. Like that was like, that was truly a, oh my gosh, like here's a man, you know, described after 
you know, is a man after God's own heart. And yet there were, there were not eternal, at least from what I can read and from his perspective, there were not quote unquote eternal consequences for his actions. You know, in the same way that I, I think I view heaven or it feels like we view heaven in terms of, oh, you, you know, we've talked about it before, fire insurance and not going to hell <laughs> or going to the bad place. And, you know, mm-hmm. that that is certainly a motivator um, for me. Yeah, because it's interesting because, you know, you can take the very... Uh, what's the word, um, harsh view that we're just a bunch of accidents on a rock hurtling through space at an incredible speed waiting for something wrong to happen. You know, you live, you pay taxes, you die, that sort of view. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the opposite view, which is, yes, we're going to die, death is impermanent, Jesus, you know, as it says here, uh, that, through death he might destroy the one who is the power uh, of death, that is the devil, and deliver all of those through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery and, and, and free us. And then there's there's all sorts of slots on that spectrum, right, uh, in between. And I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm caught up right now in the length of time God was willing to wait before yeah. enacting, you know, and part of me, the snarky side of my brain is like, well, it's really easy to be patient when you live outside of time. Yeah. And I, and I, but I don't want to get struck down. So please, God. I said that was the snarky side of my brain, not the smart side, uh, you know, or the prudent side. But it's, it is very interesting to me that we have the entire history of the Old Testament, the entire history of the world as we know it, right? Pre-Jesus, post-Jesus, and how much time really has passed, how how small of a time you and I have been alive, let alone privy to what's actually going on around us. And, you know, part of me wonders is if that scale of time because that's something that we can appreciate to a certain degree. Like it's it's pretty much impossible to appreciate eternity, whether in in time or space or you know presence or whatever. Um, but we can appreciate time to a certain degree, and I I wonder if the scale of time that God has chosen to take to reveal the story and let it play out is to give us a scale with which to reflect upon his grandiosity. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm totally spitballing here. Cause like if, if we can comprehend year, decade, couple of decades, you know, 80 years, 90 years, you know, what have you and realize how much, like I, I just turned 34 last month. And like, I already feel like I've experienced more than I th- thought you could in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, you know, barring anything, you know, well, who knows? Just I could die tomorrow. I could die in 60, 70 years, right? If I make it really, 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 really far. Mm-hmm. And to think that I'm already at the point where it's like, 
I didn't know that there was this much to experience. And then consider all the things that I haven't experienced yet still. Right. And how much I've forgotten of those 34 years and start playing on that scale of stuff and then extrapolating that scale towards my parents' life and my grandparents' life and the great grandpa, you know, that I knew for like, you know, a, mm-hmm. a cup of coffee. And then you expand to the 1900s and the 1800s and all the way back, 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 gone to all of the old stuff. And I just, I just wonder again, I'll repeat myself. If, if that time scale is God's way of showing us a relatable way to understand his size and his power and his scope in a way that we can at least try and understand But that's just conjecture on my part. I'm just I'm spitballing here because it's a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm not preaching, so <laughs> I'm allowed to be wrong here. Yeah. I, otherwise, I, I don't know why he waited so long. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, and I think it's one of the reasons why we should read the Bible from beginning to end. Mm-hmm at some point in our life and kind of try to see the, the arc of his story is that, um, yeah, it, it, there's, there certainly is this, um, this awesomeness about him. There is, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why he took so long to send Jesus. I, that does not, has never, Still does not make. I don't understand that. And again, that's I. I think there is some truth to if you you know if you're an eternal God, then this is just hardly <laughs> any time at all. Yeah, but I mean, to to that point and to my snarky point earlier, like God doesn't do stuff by accident. Like oh, there's no. purpose to what he does, why he does it, how he does it, who he includes, you know, this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. So there's obviously a reason for it. Um, whether or not we'll ever know, well, that's that's a whole other thing, you know. There's there's yeah. uh, denominations were made because of that. So <laughs> we're not going to yeah. solve that here in five minutes. But and that's his prerogative if we do do. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So moving on, since we're not going to solve that, uh, we'll just leave that alone for now. Uh, For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Again, more differentiation between, well, at this point, he's differentiating us from angels. Before, it was always about differentiating Jesus from the angels, setting Jesus above the angels as, you know, one unto himself, a unique individual in, you know, the realm of existence. But here he's saying uh, it is not the angels that he helps, i.e. it's not the people that were in lifelong slavery. The people that were in lifelong slavery and afraid of death were not angels but us, the offspring of Abraham. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so become human, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest 
and the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. And this is some foreshadowing to chapter four and well, chapter three and chapter four, uh, where it talks about, um, him being a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses and, and with, with whom we can draw close in time of need for help because of his unique, um, situation of being God and man in the form of Jesus on the earth. And so it's, uh, We'll get into this later in the book, but I think it's interesting. He says, therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. So in God's purpose, purposing and reasoning, the only way for his wrath to be satisfied was for a human to pay the price because sin is a human problem, but that sacrifice had to be perfect and there's no human that's ever or will ever be perfect. So he made one in Jesus who became like us so that he could understand what it's like to be human, to suffer as a human, to be tempted as a human. It even says later that he was tempted like us yet without sin. So he went through mm-hmm. everything that we went through and yet didn't sin, um, which is just astonishing. It is, yes. <laughs> but I think what's really interesting in, in this, again, therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect. I think that is God showing his creation an incredible amount of respect, even though... He had no real reason to do so uh, other than out of the goodness of his own heart. Because it says elsewhere in Scripture that while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies with God, Christ died for us, the ungodly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, why would God make Jesus like one of us, one of his enemies, one one of the rebels, one of the people that— embraced sin which god can't see or look upon or be in inside of and it really it really shows me how deep his love for his creation is how much he wanted his creation to be in relationship with him as he originally intended like the depth of the depth of desire he had to make things right even though we were the ones that screwed it up uh, that he would willingly make Jesus live a human life mm-hmm. among all of his enemies, among all of the sin, and that Jesus would be able to do so and do it without sin so that he could be the propitiation for the sins of the people, that he could defeat death, that our lifelong slavery would be removed, that we would be freed Um Man, it just, it floors me, the lengths that God would go to. Yes. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As we read this, um, I'm kind of taken back by uh, the language that is used sometimes when 
it's, um, you know, he must do this and he had to do this. And I, like, I don't always understand that because I'm like, well, God can do whatever he want. But there's certainly this idea of basic truths that exists uh-huh. that sin has to be, be, um, man, I'm just failing tonight, but it, it, it seems like to me in, in, in all of this, that there's, and this was kind of, I, it's still on my mind and I can't say it, but there's, there's an order to it. There's a purpose to it. And I think that not being Jewish and not growing up knowing the Torah and the old Testament and looking for the Messiah and, and what he was to do, we don't get the full effect as somebody who um, may have been an early believer. You know, I think about um, um, Andrew and James and those guys and the fact that, you know, they're kind of running up to each other going, hey, we think we found the Messiah. We think we found the Christ, you know, like there's this anticipation and there's there's this this kind of just sense of like oh my gosh this this is this is who we've been waiting for and this fits and so um yeah but 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 even in that there was just this like there's the there's that love that compassion that um just intangible um that while there is an order and there is uh, the fulfillment of prophecy and all those kinds of things. There's just a love so deep and so intense that we can't even comprehend that, you know, the creator of the universe would go through all of this. And then that's even just another like thought that I have of just like, how fortunate are we that we have like a good God, you know, that, uh-huh. you know, we could have a totally quote unquote wicked God who from the very beginning tortured us and did horrible things to us, but because he's God and because he's created us, it's kind of like, well, we have no room to (laughs) complain about that, you know? So yeah, fortunate, blessed, and just uh, in awe of how um, intentional God is with everything. And I'm sure there is great purpose behind the fact that um, the story is played out over such a long uh, period of time. Yep. And then the last verse for today says, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And again, this is even more foreshadowing to what we're going to get to mm-hmm. in, in chapter four. But just think about that. What you just said, we could we could have had a wicked God, you know, who tortured us and was was bad and evil, but no, instead we have one who has suffered when Mm -hmm. he was tempted. And because of that, he's able to help those of us who are being tempted. Like he is, he is a God that is able to sympathize and in certain ways empathize because I don't want to steal the thunder of chapter four, but Jesus starts out as someone who is sympathetic to our issues. And then without sin because of what happens on the cross is able to empathize with what it means to be apart from God. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll dive into that in a couple episodes, but I think, yeah, just 
the overwhelming idea I'm getting from from this passage then is just the lengths that that God is willing to go to communicate his love for us, his desire for us to be with him, his his desire to put things right and to have them be as they were to solve the problem that we created, all of that stuff to take away death, to remove slavery, to uh, to sympathize and empathize with the temptation that we go through each and every day. His willingness to make Jesus human, to die, like all of it. It's it's just it really is. Um, I mean, if you don't believe it, it sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. And if you do believe it, it sounds crazy, but it's a good kind of crazy because there's good news all over it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and even in that, I do just like, there is this element of it's not forced upon us. It's not just so, um, you know, there is that choice. There is that decision that, that, um, kind of that, that, that fleshing out of what are, what is really, um, in our hearts and, um, you know, there's, there's something about the length and what he did that, um, you know, it's not like gravity. Oh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so obvious and so true that gravity exists that, you know, I just believe it. You know, there's, there's not that element to God per se, you know, there's, there's a, a degree of trust that has to be there, a degree of, of faith, um, in following him. Uh, but at the same time, it's not so obscure that you can't, uh, choose him and allow him to love you and accept his salvation. And, uh, there's a very just, uh, intricate, um, relationship, uh, that he has created that, um, to me is also fascinating that um, is, is just hard to comprehend in terms of um, being in the finite material world that we live in and in, in choosing uh, to accept salvation, embracing salvation from eternal God that just loves us beyond what we can comprehend. So very, very intense. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I think my brain is done now. <laughs> yeah, I think we both showed up tonight sort of done. But luckily, the Bible is full of uh, full of truth and full of uh, engaging um, topics. And, um, you know, we, we've got a book in Hebrews that's going to to, to both encourage and challenge and perhaps widen our understanding of why God did what, what he did with Jesus, um, what what Jesus um, can mean to us, and then how that is going to, how that can affect our relationship with God, and then therefore mm-hmm. our relationship with those people around us. Um, you know, one of the things that is becoming more and more aware, like I always knew I sucked at empathy and sympathy, uh, it's just not something that I was ever very good at. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't a robot, you know. I have emotions. Dave can attest to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we didn't record last week because I was a mess and just had to get you know a bunch of stuff off my chest and just kind of you know process some things. And that would have 
you know, that's just not ideal podcast material, but like, <laughs> uh, at all. Um, but there's a difference between being emotional and having emotions and then yes. understanding those emotions in the light of what other people are dealing with and like getting beyond your own emotions and your own situations and seeing other people's situations and hearing their emotions and then being able to connect with them on a level that says, Oh wow, I haven't been there, but I can understand how that would suck. Or man, I have been there. Let me go there again with you mm-hmm. so that you're not alone. And that I think is an area of, of growth that, I'm starting to see growth in. Like I have a long, long, long way to go, but it doesn't terrify me as much as it used to. And and part of that I think is because of we we taught Hebrews chapter four over uh, or f- like five verses in chapter four of Hebrews over four weeks at youth group um, in like April and May, and that really started like man if if like if God can show me sympathy. And God can show me empathy in what he has done and what he chose to do to himself, then then how can I just say, well, I'm bad at being empathetic? Like <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have I have no excuse and every reason, no excuse not to be empathetic and every reason to learn how to be empathetic, because that's what God did for us and was for us. And if I'm, you know, if we're called to be ambassadors of God to the world and to, to, you know, share the gospel and spread the kingdom and, and be light in the darkness and salt and and all those things. Then like, I have to be able to connect with people on a base level that says, I, I, I may not get it, but I can understand at a certain level what sucks and what's hard or yeah, no, I can totally get that part. Um, and, and not be afraid to go there. And so that's, I think, been one of the areas of growth in my personal life through all of this. And I'm excited to go through Hebrews with you and hear your, your, your thoughts on, on this sort of stuff. Um, but just encouraged, um, really encouraged, and I'm excited to see what Chapter 3 holds for us. Yeah, looking forward to it. Cool. Well, we will get to that on the next episode. Yes. There's your cliffhanger, Dave. <laughs> Danny. All right. That's it for episode 171 of the Masterclass. Thanks for riding along with us. And uh, if you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you so much for checking us out. Uh, if you're not new to the show and you're just one of the uh, the crew, hey, we still think that it's awesome that you listen, and we really appreciate your time. Uh, if you want to get the show notes, you can look in your podcast app of choice, or you can go to supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 171. We'll have links to the show notes there, links to Twitter, email, or phone. If you want to say hi, uh, send in a question, send in some follow-up or a topic that you would like us to cover, or tell us where we screwed up, that's cool too. And then uh, we will be back next time. Bye, Dave. Bye. Bye, everybody else.